Amen. Thank you for that, Nicolette. What a blessing that was. What a great song as we prepare for the Lord's Supper as well. I think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane just before the crucifixion time and his prayer. Uh, oh, Father, if it can be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Help me want the healer more than the healing and the Savior even more than the saving. What a great, great song to lead us in uh, to our thought for today. The Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, communion we call it. A uh, time when we take a very special time away to concentrate on what Jesus was concentrating on on the night just prior to his crucifixion. Just right at that time when he was observing that Last Supper, that Passover meal with his disciples just before he was crucified. Very special time with a very special meaning. Oftentimes when we gather for special occasions, uh, we think of food. Food is a part of it. Birthday celebrations, we have cakes. Family reunions, we have all kinds of food. And so a lot of times we think about food. Today, we'll be thinking about that same thing. But we'll be looking at it in a different light. Today it won't be a family gathering where we just meet and gorge ourselves. There won't be, there won't be cake with any special uh, fancy decorations on top. No happy birthdays, no celebrations like that. There won't be any of that today. Today we will observe a very solemn occasion. And I've told people through the years where I've been pastor that uh, if, there's any, if there's any time during our time together when we're going to have a very quiet and very solemn occasion, this is it. Why? Why? Because this is the time that we take to personally, not the person beside you, not your spouse, not your children, not your parents, not your close friends, but in each one, individually, we take time to reflect on ourselves and where we are with the Lord. We take time to reflect on our Lord and what He has done for us. When He went to the cross, it was no picnic. It was no fun celebration. When He went to the cross, He went there having looked into the cup I believe of the sin of the world. Mine, yours. Oh, Father, if it can be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And he looked down through history and he saw me and he saw you and he saw our sin and he was going there to die for me. Today I take time to reflect on what he has done for me. As we take the bread in a few minutes, we'll talk about that a little bit more, about what it means for Him to have had a broken body for us. When we are broken in this life, we need to understand that He has taken our brokenness. So even as we experience those broken times in, lives, in our life, we can look forward with great anticipation to the fact that the resurrection is coming. And we can know that even as we are broken, He took our brokenness so that we could have victory 
and the victory is just around the corner. As we take that cup and remember that he poured out his lifeblood for us, we can know that when our lifeblood may be spilled for the glory of God, and even when the time comes for us to face that, that, that transition from this life into the next, we can know that one has been there for us and has won the victory for us and know that our victory is just around the corner. We thank God for that. So it's a very special time. As we come to the table today, I want to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. You may have your copy of the Word of God. And if you'd like to follow along there, and we're going to take some thoughts this morning about coming to the table. And today I believe Jesus is inviting us during this service Come to my table. Come to this place where where you will think of me. Come to this place where you will remember what I have done. Down front, the inscription reads, this do in remembrance of me. So today we come to his table. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, For I received from the Lord, Paul is saying, that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. God had established his covenant with his people many, 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 many years prior to. With Abraham, when he slew those animals and and God passed between the the dead animals and said, "I'm, I'm establishing a covenant with you that I will keep. And then he established other blood covenants through the time when the lamb was slain and the blood put on the doorpost and lentils of the slaves in Egyptian captivity. And he said, I'm making a covenant with you. And now Jesus comes and says, this is my covenant with you. My covenant that I am making. My covenant that I will keep. You trust me. I keep the covenant. What a blessing. This is my new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me and what I've given to you at this time. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Until he comes. How does he come after a death? There had to be a resurrection. There had to be a victory over sin. And there had to be an ascension when he went back into heaven and said, uh, listen, I'm coming again. And I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And so as we uh, remember this today, We remember that he died for our sin. His body was broken. He gave his life. His blood was poured out for our sin that we might have victory over death. And the only way we could have that was because he took that sin and he won the victory over it. And in resurrection power, he came again and said, I'm going to take you to where I am. And we remember this until he comes. How often do we remember this? We ought to remember it regularly, regularly. Lord, you're coming. Thank you. Therefore, verse 27, 
Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. That makes it rather serious, doesn't it? That makes it very reflective to all of us. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat the bread and drink of the cup. We'll talk about that in a moment. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself. If he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep. It's a serious thing. We're not here to play games. This is a serious time as we reflect on what our Lord has done for us. Are we rejoicing in the victory that he's given us in resurrection power? Does a smile come on our face when we understand that Jesus died for our sins and then took his life back in resurrection power and gives us life, eternal life that we can look forward to? Is there a rejoicing in the Lord? Yes, there is. There is. And we thank God for that. And we rejoice and we sing and we praise God and we share those things. It's, it's glorious. Today we remember the suffering that he had to endure so that you and I could enjoy that victory. And that's what this is about today. But he says this in verse 32, but when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along with the world. Thank you, Father. So when we come to his table, how do we come? How do we come? First, we come with a clean heart. Come to the Lord's table with a clean heart. Usually before you sit down to dinner, you're going to wash your hands. No one wants to eat a meal with nasty, dirty hands. We come and clean up in the same line of thinking in verse 27 and 28. Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. We want to come to the Lord's table with a clean heart, examining ourselves and say, Oh God, if there's anything in me that is out of sorts with what you want me to be, if there's sin in my life, God, will you cleanse me today? Will you clean that out? Make me pure so that when I come to your table and remember what you did for me on the cross as your body was broken, as your blood was poured out, Lord, don't let me come there with stuff in me that would have caused that death. Lord, clean me out. Give me a clean heart today. And so as we prepare and reflect in ourselves, we say, Lord, I want to come with a clean heart, performing a self-examination. Lord, as I look inside, I may see something there that needs to be cleaned up. And I don't want to take your body and your blood in an unworthy manner. I want it to be clean today. None of us are worthy of the Lord's table. We're not worthy to be here. But if we've trusted Christ and what He did for us on the cross and said, Lord, You have made me acceptable, then I come today asking You to cleanse me, make me acceptable, so that when I receive this broken body, when I receive this cup of Your blood, today, Lord, I come with a clean heart. Dr. Leroy Creasy, was a, he's a retired professor of viticulture from Cornell University. 
He identified a chemical in grapes called reversatrol. You might have heard about reversatrol. It is something that reduces the risk of heart disease. His report in the Journal of Applied Cardiology says this, that grape juice lowers cholesterol and cleanses the heart of life-threatening impurities. When we receive this cup today, it'll be grape juice. And we're saying, as we receive this, Lord, you went to the cross with a completely clean heart, no sin in it. But you took my sin and died for it on the cross. Today, Lord, I want a clean heart. Will you clean it out and make it right for you? But another thing we want to bring to the table is a grateful heart. Thanking the Lord. Come to the table with a clean heart. Come with a grateful heart. You've probably seen the kitchen aprons that say something like this. Thank the cook. We've seen those. Those are fun. We like that. Susan and I were out to eat at a local restaurant not too terribly long ago, some time back, but we were out to eat at a local restaurant. Cook came out, was talking with the people at the tables. We were able, fortunately, to tell him that it was very delicious. It was good. We're able to thank him for that. Jesus has prepared a meal for us in his broken body. And he shed blood and he said, take this, eat this. Remember my body that was broken. Take this, drink this. Remember my blood that was poured out for you. Can we possibly come to this time and not say, thank you, Lord. I am grateful for what you have done for me. Thanksgiving. Jesus gave thanks. In verse 23 and 24, I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread, and this touched my heart some years ago when God brought it to my attention. In that time of the breaking of bread, knowing that he was to be betrayed, knowing what stood before him on the cross, knowing the the pain and the suffering that he was going to endure, beaten almost to an inch of his life, unrecognizable, he gave thanks. Would you give thanks knowing what you were about to endure like that? Would I give thanks knowing what I was about to endure? But I think that says something about the love that Christ had for us when he went to the cross. He was saying, I am willing to endure this so that these people can spend eternity with me if they just trust me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the privilege to go to the cross for these people. Can we come to this table with anything less than a grateful heart. I certainly would think not. And then we want to come in a spirit of harmony. Harmony at a meal time is always important. Food goes down better. Things are better. I have a lot of things to appreciate looking back on my growing up years with my family and my dad. And so many things he taught me 
One of the things that my dad was always, always a stickler about was the family meal time being a good time. Being a time where we enjoyed each other. And when, he would, when we would come to the table, there might be times when maybe our siblings were having some differences. I know that never happens at your houses, but it might happen at mine. There may be times when we were out of sorts with our parents or them with us, whatever the case might be. Families get out of sorts together. But dad said, when we come to the table, all of that will be left behind. We will sit here and we will be a family and we will enjoy this time together. And we did and we laughed and we talked. And it's amazing, amazing when you come to the table with a harmonious spirit, how that things that sometimes separate us, Things that cause division among us can all of a sudden not take on much importance. And when we come to the Lord's table, we want to come together today as a family of faith and saying, oh God, there may be times when I've disagreed with somebody here in this body of of believers. There may have been times when we were upset with each other for whatever reason. There might be times when we had disagreements about what ought to be done or not done. But Lord, today, we're coming together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're coming to your table. And today, I'm coming with a harmonious spirit. And Lord, I'm going to search my heart. And if there's something that's gone on in me between a brother or sister in this place, Lord, I want you to clean that out today while I'm here. And I want us to go forward as a harmonious people. God, we're going to be a people together in the Lord. One of these days, you're going to send us our brand new pastor to come and lead this church. And he's going to come and find a people of a united, harmonious spirit in the Lord that says we're ready to go. And when I come to your table, I'm going to prepare my heart in just that way. And I'm going to come with a harmonious spirit in this place. This ought to be the unifying time of any body of believers. And I think it will be. So I trust that you have or or you are looking into your heart to be sure it's clean before the Lord. And I trust this morning that you're here with a deep sense of appreciation a grateful heart for what the Lord has done. And today you're coming to say, Lord, it's us. We're your children. And it's good to be a part of the family of faith. Good to be in church. And Lord, I come today saying thank you for this body of believers where you've planted my life. And today, I'm renewing my commitment to these brothers and sisters to be a family of faith that will honor you in all that we do. We are ready. In the book of Matthew, Jesus was talking to his disciples and there were those around looking for the opportunity to betray him. And it says, on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to prepare for you the Passover? And he said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, My time is near. I am to keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed, and they prepared the Passover. 